Hello, this is Dan Decker, and you're listening to the Warm Blanket Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Warm Blanket Podcast, where we embark on a journey to see what makes us feel good about Star Trek, where our love comes from, and what it means for us. In short, what is our warm blanket? My name is Gary and I'm your host, and I'm very honored to welcome here my special guest today, Mr. Dan Decker, the host of the Bad Choices and Bourbon podcast, where he has a meaningful conversation with his guest. He's a big Star Trek fan and also a very kind soul who I happen to come across with and, and lucky enough to get on his show as a guest as well, and we're going to talk about that as well very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a very warm welcome to the Commodore himself. Dan, how are you today? Oh, Gary, thank you for such a warm welcome. Um, it is an honor to be on this show amongst your esteemed uh, um, pantheon of guests in the past. Uh, and uh, I've made my way here to the Warm Blanket podcast, and I'm very excited to be here. I am very excited to have you on as well. And uh, yeah, 2020, what, a, what an interesting <laughs> year it has been, isn't it? Um, we just oh, talked Lord. about it off of uh, recording and um but it's really really like the doomsday machine isn't it right commodore <laughs> well, absolutely <laughs> it just feels like every every uh turn you make there's just one more uh, there's just one more thing to to knock you back down again and yeah the the doomsday machine is a very apt uh apt uh, uh, enemy <laughs> to to point out <laughs> no absolutely um so i guess first things first um how did you get into Star Trek? I'm pretty sure you, you you've been expressed this and explained this to many, many, many people before. But for my audience and for my my own sake as well, how did you get into Star Trek? Um, it was oh very young. I was very young when I was first uh, introduced to Star Trek, um, and like a lot of folks have said, to the point that I don't have memory of of anything with without Star Trek. Uh, being a part of my life but I would have to say around four or five years old so 79 80 um, when the uh, motion picture was being talked about um, and my uncle who was just a few years older than me um, introduced me to Star Trek and um, I very I have a very vivid memory of watching uh, oh devil in the dark with the Horta um, oh, yeah. And that that being my early early impressions of, of my Star Trek memory, um, I remember uh, wishing that I could be uh, somehow be Captain Kirk's son and be on the show so that I could do <laughs> the transporter. Um, and then, uh, you know, fast forward just a couple of years when um, I was a little bit older, seven or so, and uh, the Wrath of Khan was was coming to theaters, uh, and so uh, I was able to go. Uh, and see that in the theater at that, you know, uh, and and really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I made I made a scrapbook uh, from a magazine article that had pictures and everything, and I cut out pictures of the Enterprise and the Reliant and and everything that was happening, and put them in this photo book that I had. Um, and it was like a it was like a People magazine or something mm-hmm. uh, at the time. But um, but yeah, and that was that from that point forward, I saw all of the uh, the only the only I missed. Uh, being too young, I missed the motion picture, and I I did not see Star Trek V in cinema, but I have seen all the other Trek movies uh, at the theater. Uh, so just those two stand out as the ones that I missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, you know, uh, as I age, and you know, it was about twelve and eighty-seven when 
um, the next generation came on and, and, you know, we've been off to the races since with that for sure. Oh, wow. I just kept thinking that, that the, the way how you said that you, you watched the motion picture and all, uh, all the early movies on, on cinema, I, I can't imagine how, how was that uh, compared to like when I watched them um, 20 years ago, they were like out quite, quite a while now. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. How 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 did how does that how does that you know reminiscing about the the experience? How does it how did that feel when you went into the cinema? Like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Star Trek in the cinema. Um. So I remember you know seeing seeing the Wrath of Khan. Uh, that I didn't I knew enough to know that it was a sequel, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't that I don't think that I had seen you know, space seed that I could remember at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, but seeing it up on the big screen, uh, you know, seven years old was beyond impressive. It's just, it, and those, those images stay with everyone. Uh, but I remember of course, you know, Spock's death had a huge impact on me mm -hmm. at that age because I didn't understand yet that sci-fi meant that anything was possible. Um, mm -hmm. And so, of course, when the search for Spock was announced, I got super excited because, you know, uh, I, you know, still, still young enough to get excited that are we even going to find him? You know, <laughs> and uh, and so, and then of course, um, the, uh, mo the the voyage home. Um, struck at just the right time. 1986 was uh, a big year uh, in a lot of ways. You know, we had the Challenger disaster and the Chernobyl disaster mm -hmm. um, and Star Trek VI and so many other great films and music came from 1986 that um, uh, just to, to have that film be a part of that and with the, um, you know, it opens with the dedication to the Challenger crew and, and that was just a really big uh, really big impactful uh, time right there uh, specifically I remember uh, probably the most vividly you know seeing Star Trek 4 um, just you know a lot of sense memory that goes with that as far as mm -hmm. uh, from that point in time in my life oh wow no I, I always envied people who were able to watch um, the movies on, on and especially with the older movies. Uh, the only movie I watched in in cinema was in two thousand and nine, and and yeah, I had I kind of had mixed feelings <laughs> at mm -hmm. the time. But uh, nevertheless, I, like I, I I never had the fortune to to watch and and just wait for the next. I, it it must be so precious to to have this evolution. And you know, growing up with with these movies and with the show as well, like getting excited. I'm I'm sure that people who getting into Star Trek now at this age, a couple of years with Discovery, they probably have the same um, excitement. But but for me, who who grew up with them, but not necessarily in the time when they they came out, it just I'm a bit envious. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it you know. Uh, the next generation debuted uh, at a very key point and you know 12 year old uh, 12 years old is a very you know kind of uh, pivotal pivotal time uh, mm -hmm. for for young folks and um, you kind of start to be able to remember things quite easily and you know they can carry those memories with you for a while and um, mm -hmm. I've mentioned this before but when this when the next generation debuted um, I uh, my TV my my own television for myself was a 13 inch it was 13 inch screen black and white um, uh, and it, it received over you know the antenna uh, and I had to move that uh, television to a uh, closer to a window so that the reception would come through 
And it was still very snowy, uh, grainy, black and white picture to watch Encounter at Farpoint, but I was too excited to care. Um, and I had <laughs> had issue number one of the Star Trek: The Next Generation magazine, and oh, I wow. just I had read that thing. I mean, to 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 bits almost, um, d- delicately to bits, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because oh, wow. uh, yeah, I was just I couldn't get enough of it. Um, and then uh, you know I was so excited for Deep Space Nine um, and and Voyager. I uh, I still have um, nearby this this journal, or I used to keep a journal at the time. And there's an entry from when Voyager premiered, and I made a note about how I wasn't able to see the first half. I was only able to see the last half of Caretaker, uh, and I, how I hoped to eventually catch the first half, but I was excited for Voyager also. And I was, man, I had to be all of, oh man, what was that, like 20, 21 years old? Um, and so, uh, but the best was um, for First Contact, uh, and um, Insurrection and Nemesis uh, I worked in movie theater so I was able to actually see those films quite a lot because I worked there and so I saw First Contact so many times uh, which is a great on a film. big screen on the big screen <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, I was a manager, so I, I had keys and I could run the projector, so I could literally go up and watch it whenever I wanted. So. <laughs> wow, that's like that's like the ultimate job. Like, yeah, you, it you're was. being there and you just like have a free hour and a half, just like when, whenever, whatever, just pop on a movie. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was so a lot of fun. You said that you you got i mean tng came out when you were young and you just got introduced to star trek with with the original series you know there was this um rumors i mean rumors i mean there's, there's a fact that when tng came out it wasn't a good reception they they said it's like oh it's nothing you know the same exact thing happened with tng that happened with um discovery um coming out like oh is this not our star trek it's it's not good i mean you know the backlash is it 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 happened with TNG as well, even though it's not really talked about it these days anymore. But but how did you how did you see that um, from first hand? Because obviously with Discovery we can see that now. But in in terms of TNG, which is that, that's always always interested, um, always been curious about how how visible was that backslash backlash um, yeah. towards and, TNG um... that you know compared to Discovery. Well, it was definitely, it's definitely something that I, I remember being discussed. Um, it was, you know, back then the internet was nascent. There wasn't, you you know, you had to know how to get on the internet. Um, and there just wasn't as much uh, a way to get information. We had Starlog Magazine, a couple other mm. uh, magazines that could, you know, kind of feed the fans uh, information and get, get some of that, you know, some of that backstage chatter. But the, the vibe that, quote, it's not real Star Trek was there. Um, and I remember even that being there through the original series films films, you know, people it's been unfortunately since the original series, anything that's came since that's been called Star Trek has been called not real Star Trek until it is real Star Trek, including the animated series, the films, the next generation, deep space nine, Voyager enterprise, etc., and so on. And, I think Gary that it comes from just the the gift of of time mm. that we you know we have this breadth of canon now that that Trek has given us um, and eventually it's all accepted because the folks who started the not my Trek or not real Trek 
um, they fade away uh, because the franchise is going to grow and move um, and progress and the fans can come along until they decide they don't want to anymore. Um, and that's unfortunate when you decide to quit taking in the new Trek because I think mm. that, um, you know, if you, and, and, and that's a personal choice. You don't have to like it all. Um, and if you don't want to enjoy the new stuff, that's totally fine. Uh, but try not to take away from, from those who do. But yeah, every, every iteration since the original series has been labeled with that, with that, you know, that brand of not my or not real Trek. And eventually we, we take it in. Um, but the next generation specifically TNG was, um, you know, I was absorbed in it. And so I don't remember, you know, I have very, I'm actually, I like Encounter at Farpoint. <laughs> is it, is it the best episode? No, but you know, nostalgia is a powerful drug. And so I have a lot of good memory of that episode, whether or not it's a good episode of Trek. And, and so, you know, that first couple, those first couple of seasons are colored with that, just that sense of excitement and going back now as, as a much older person, I can, I can see where there's, there's times to cringe and I can see where there were times, um, you know, where they were, they were off point, but overall it still holds up very well. And I'm thankful to have access to it now, uh, pretty much any way I want. Yeah, and I think that's, that's as you said, it's 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 important to to acknowledge that even though it's you know no matter if it's new track or old track and like if you if you love something you love something, it's not necessarily you know it's not written in stone that if you're a Star Trek fan you have to like everything. I mean, for God's sake, I mean I um I don't love everything in the same level how how others like you know then that, that, that should be normal <laughs> right exactly exactly but then again as you said it's 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 fans and it's a fandom itself that creates its own rules and you either want to be part of it or 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 not or you just take it in or not which is an interesting um interesting aspect of the fandom as well but that's that's mm -hmm. totally that's for a different episode at one point <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wonder so I, all of these years um growing up in star trek seeing them some of them first-handed um how did how did the show influence your life oh um it, it's uh it's been so much um of a foundation to you know how i um how I approach life, uh, especially, you know, like I said, starting with, starting with the very first thing I can remember with, with, uh, devil in the dark and the Horta, um, mm. and coming away from that, remembering, uh, or feel with that feeling of, uh, you know, sentient, uh, sentient life can exist outside of humanoid form. So, you know, giving me, giving me a sense of consideration, uh, that was bigger than myself. Um, and then I just, you know, I continue to fall in love, uh, with characters like Spock really speaks to me still is probably my favorite Trek character. Uh, and then every analogy to Spock that we've gotten since with data and Odo and the doctor, um, you know, and then even to a sense, Dr. Flocks on enterprise, but all those characters that, that shine, uh, you know, reflect back on humanity, um, and challenge, you know, are the, are the outlook you know the outsiders the onlookers to challenge humans to be what we profess we are you know um mm -hmm. and i think that um you know watching 
watching a character like Spock um, try to understand even his own humanity, um, you know, that reflects that back on us. And that that's helped me be, um, you know, try to be a logical person, um, look for ways to extend kindness uh, and, you know, uh, heavily influenced, too, by, um, you know, everyone everyone gives her a, a bit of a hard time. But Counselor Troy, uh, you know, being an empath and, and I have um, a high, you know, high level of empathy myself and, and just learning to embrace it as something that's useful and not not a, a chore um, was built was real helpful for me, too. Mm. What is this with the Counselor Troy? <laughs> what is this? Know. What is it? Because I, I did see recently there was quite a few, um, you know, tweets saying that like, oh, no one kills a former Inosertis, which a lot of us tuned in saying that like, that's like totally, totally not true. <laughs> even, yeah, I don't even she was that. like, you know, it's like, well, yeah, of course, like, <laughs> talk to my fan base or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't get it. Um, you know, I, I've always enjoyed, and I like, I like the way her character progressed um especially once we got to the film so she uh, she has some of my favorite moments in uh first contact when she's trying to um uh you know coerce uh zephram cochran into yeah. uh playing along <laughs> and she played that scene so well it, it makes me laugh every time no that that that's true uh, she, she was actually f- fabulous phenomenal in eight and even nine and mm-hmm. f- I'm sure probably a lot of people are gonna say this like I'm insane, but I I love Nemesis and I think um, she was exceptionally Nemesis too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I love Nemesis uh, as well. It's not um, it's not as bad. I th- it got the it it kind of had that it left everyone with a bad taste in their mouth more than it satisfied a lot of fans, um, especially I think once we once it came to be known that that was going to be it for a while or maybe forever and it wasn't as you know it wasn't as good as we wanted it to be i think but i always enjoyed it um and now in retrospect i enjoyed it even more um after seeing season one of picard uh some of the things that come you know some of the themes that are laid down in nemesis uh, are paid off in picard and that's kind of a nice uh you know that's a nice way to to bring it home um, mm. So yeah, I, I'm with you there, Gary. I I, I loved it too. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned a a scrapbook, which mm-hmm. I I do. I I must admit I had something similar myself, um, cutting out small pictures and articles from TV Guide and, and collecting them in an envelope that eventually ended up in an A5 size, um, a, you know, eight by eleven, I think. That's mm-hmm. the yeah. US sizes. Um, so an eight by eleven notebook. I categorize them by series, like TOS, TNG, and like all the pictures. And once I finished with TOS, I just went on to the next one and and filled up an old book with it. Um, so you mentioned you still have that. Um, I have. Uh, so not the uh, not the scrapbook from when I was a child. That oh. I, it may be at my mom's, uh, but I wouldn't be able to claim that. I do have the journal that I wrote the uh, the entry about seeing the voyage or yeah the Voyager premiere in a journal that I still have and so that was that was from like 25 years ago it's just like almost like a finding a time capsule it is yeah and oh there's my. of course there's there's a few other journal entries in there and some really bad teenage poetry so <laughs> <laughs> 
Which which you consider maybe you consider it now as bad, but then who knows? If oh, at the time, it, it ten got years it you look at it chest. and it's like, oh, it's a masterpiece. You, someone gonna read it and it's like, oh, let's sell this. Let's make a deal. <laughs> well, I gotta say, you know, it's funny. Um, my my oldest boy, he did have an English project, uh, and he uh, he borrowed he borrowed that book, uh, my oh journal. My. Uh, to yeah, he wanted to he wanted to use some of the poetry for his project, and I was like, okay, just don't read any of the journal entries. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, I know, but uh, yeah, so I, I guess uh, I've been critiqued. <laughs> Were you a big collector of um, <clears throat> Star Trek memorabilia back then? Uh, I I did. I had well, I I still have some really uh, a really cool piece from that time. Um, over the years, I've had things come and go. But uh, I had the, you know, I had the TNG technical manual at, at one point. Um, I still have um, the Star Trek Omnipedia on CD-ROM that was released oh, wow. in 1995. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have any computer capable of playing it uh, because it's it's uh, mastered in Macromedia Director. So it's very, very old oh, stuff. That's, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's awesome. The funny thing is it has all the folders. You can get to the folders where all the assets are. And at the time, of course, they were, quote, high resolution. And now they're like 340 by 210, you know, low, very low pixel resolution. <laughs> Elkhars images and tiny little spaceships. And I was like, oh, I wish I could get it to fire up. But um, back then I did have um, I did have a couple of the action figures. I had Data uh, and maybe Yar. Um, I had uh, Reb, or, you know, the Playmates toys of the original series Phaser and Communicator and a Next Generation Tricorder. Um, and, but the, 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 the cream of the crop, the, the, king of the, the king of the hill is, and I still have this, is the Playmates, um, the first version of the Playmates uh, Enterprise D with the mm -hmm. light-up nacelles and four different sounds. Um, and uh, it came, you know, it came completely blank. Uh, you got a sheet of de sticker decals, um, and so mm -hmm. this thing has survived all these years since I bought it for myself for my 18th birthday in 1993. Oh, uh, it still works, and it still lights up. It still has all the parts, um, and it has about 95% of the stickers still on it um, that, <laughs> that have survived all these years and three kids. Because uh, I when I, when you know when I I just put it in the toy box when when the kids came along because that's what it is it's a toy. Um, and they're done with it now, so thankfully it survived and it sits on my <laughs> shelf of collectibles. Um, I'm a big uh, I'm a big believer in this in the spirit of Toy Story. Um, toys to toys were meant to be taken out of their boxes and played with, uh, mm -hmm. and that may that may cringe a few collectors out there, but um, yeah, I have a real hard time leaving things in the box. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel I feel you I feel you the same way on that. I mean, obviously, these days, you know, we have glass cabinets and all these fancy display cases and stuff, but, but still, like, I, I couldn't be just keeping my ships on them in a box or something, just, you know, it, it destined to be on a shelf, displayed, <laughs> looked at all I have the time. A... I have my Eagle Moss, my, my burgeoning Eagle Moss collection here right within. Uh, so I have the NX-01, the Refit A, uh, the Defiant, and Deep Space Nine, all within reach. And I, you know, I can reach out and just fly by with the Enterprise A anytime I like. You got to have your, you know, you got to have your distractions nearby. Got a couple, couple Transformers at hand. You never know when you're going to need, um, you know, and need a good uh, therapeutic, youthful distraction to finish getting through the day, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, I understand that totally. 
And it's the same. I mean, I have my sort of knickknacks. I mean, sometimes that's when I do a live stream. Uh, well, I did it a couple of times, but when I do live stream, I usually the camera shows my back, which is like full of posters. You you've seen that before we mm-hmm. before we gone into this podcast. But in the other side, I'm like <laughs> some small <laughs> knickknacks that I can I can see as well. Like it, it gives me even at, especially at work. I just look at it and like okay now I I have some sort of a relief <laughs> exactly well and I also keep a Dalek nearby because you never know when you need to exterminate uh, anything oh yeah you know. yeah of course yeah, you, gotta, you, gotta, you know heroes Dalek is always a useful useful pet to have around <laughs> exactly exactly so talking about Daleks you're not just a Star Trek fan you, you like other franchises as well oh absolutely yeah uh, Doctor Who um, especially uh, is up there with with Trek as for competing against uh, who who introduced me to sci-fi as a genre first was it was it Trek or was it Doctor Who? Um, and uh, I I remember watching old reruns here in the states they ran on mm-hmm. our public broadcasting system, uh, and so um, you know you'd you'd watch your local PBS station to catch Doctor Who uh, and all the other uh, imports uh, from. From the UK, uh, usually showed on that like Faulty Towers and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Doctor Who and then Star Trek, of course, right in the wheelhouse for Star Wars um, and uh, Superman. The movie uh, from 1978 was a big part of my childhood. Uh, mm-hmm. at Superman 2, um, 1989, Batman, comic books in general collected a lot of uh marvel comics uh mm-hmm. so a lot of x-men superman or not superman spider-man um uh, most of the x books x-force uh, mm-hmm. so so forth and i still have uh, a good chunk of my comic books it's it's nice to uh to still have them uh not as many as i'd like and not necessarily all the ones that i remember but uh still a nice stack to have all these years later um but yeah uh, gosh there's you know Battlestar galactica stargate um, I love all that stuff. I really do. Um, it's just so much. Uh, Trek just happens to have taken up um, the vast majority of of my uh, viewing time over the course mm. of these years because there's just so much of it. Yeah, it is. It's so much of it. I think I've seen a tweet recently that over 778 episodes with 13 movies, that's insane. That's insanity for for anyone to just think about it. Just it like, is. The people throw about like, oh, what's Star Trek? It's just a um, you know TV show with spaceships and and razor guns. <laughs> it's like no, it's actually not just a TV show. It's 778 episodes. That's just thinking about it right. now. Like you you just say like, oh, it's like six six TV show and and two cartoon and then <laughs> no, it's <laughs> no, not. It's, it's not. so much more. <laughs> And it's, then uh, none other so, 778 uh, hours discussions just about that 778 hours um, episodes. <laughs> exactly, and that's the that's the thing. It's like the discovery the discovery season three finale will be the 800th episode of Star Trek. Oh wow! And that is, it's something else, right? Yeah, it's impressive. So, it is. I'm excited for it too. It's what a um, you know, as, as someone who's you know just a few years. Uh, younger than star trek uh, at this point um this is for me 
the best and most exciting time to to be a fan. Um, we have so much engagement from the, um, you know, we can we we have access and engagement to and from the uh, the actors themselves, uh, most of whom seem to be very gracious and and happy to uh, you know hang out with us on Twitter. Uh, and we have access to the content like never before here in the States. It's available on every streaming platform. So even if you don't have them all, you can still watch Star Trek. Um, and if you have, you know, CBS All Access, you get quite a bit of it. Uh, and, and so, and then we're having so many new shows, um, more new shows, I think now than, than have ever been part of Star Trek before. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's so exciting. And so, um, I'm so thankful to have such vibrancy in something that I love so much. It is true, and you and you point out a really interesting thing there, um, with the with the availability of Star Trek. In a sense, I, I mean, just thinking about ten years before, wasn't as as um, available and reachable, and you had to go to the convention to find like-minded people before you know the social media age came in. And yeah, that was about ten years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. think yeah. when you know Facebook and and Twitter and all these um, social media platforms came by, and we didn't have YouTube or I you think YouTube is like older a bit, but but no one really um, jumped in a bandwagon like these days. You have gazillions of YouTubers talking about Star Trek. Uh, yep. You really <laughs> had to go to conventions. Have you been a you convention did. goer? Um, I've only been to three conventions uh and i've not ever gone in costume so oh many years ago this would have been 90 96 or 97 um i got to go to a convention uh in little rock which is just straight up the road from where i live um and william shatner was there i didn't get to see him i think i got to see him speak but not see him because i didn't realize that it would cost money <laughs> oh, and uh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell uh, me about but it <laughs> i i do have uh my first ever convention uh uh grab uh score you know the first ever souvenir that mm-hmm. i bought a convention from there um so that was my first convention and i bought a souvenir it was a i don't know if it was legit or bootleg or whatever but it was the script to independence day uh, and I still have that, uh, and it's really cool. Um, it has the original uh, ending where uh, Randy Quaid's character, instead of flying a, a fighter jet, was flying his uh, flying his crop duster into the alien beam uh, to end the film. But uh, spoiler alert for Independence Day. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and so it's a it's a kind of a cool thing to have still that you know hey this is my first ever convention score. Um, and then I, I went briefly to uh, the Dallas Comic-Con um, a couple years back, and we were hoping to, to catch uh, Patrick Stewart, but um, the line was just outrageous, and we, we just we didn't have the time. And then last year, a little over a year ago, we, we got to go to the convention, which was again in Little Rock, um, and there is, uh, uh, we met Kevin Conroy, and Denise Crosby. So I have a picture with Denise and myself and my son. Um, and then, actually, here in our our little sleepy town of Conway, Arkansas, we have the Conway Comic Con. Oh no, I'm sorry, it's Comic Conway because we have such a cool city name. So Comic Conway, <laughs> and um, it was started by our local library oh over a decade ago. Um, and I worked at that library for many many years. 
uh, a little over seven years. And um, it started as just a weekend thing to do uh, in the bottom of the library uh, and, and had grown so many, uh, so, so quickly over the years that it finally now takes up the, um, the local expo uh, convention center. Uh, which is pretty good, pretty good amount of space, and it's you know it's a legitimate comic uh, comic convention, um, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a lot of fun to go there because it, you can find you know old stuff, new stuff, fun stuff that you can't get uh, in stores. So uh, I've been to that several times, but big name stuff, no. I'm looking forward to when things go back to you know where we can go to conventions and and do those things again because um, I'm looking forward to you know, meeting up with several of my new friends, uh, at places like, you know, uh, STLV or, uh, one of the destinations, if I'm able to make it or one of the cruises, if we're able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're fun. It's so much fun. Um, and you know, now we have Trek Twitter, uh, for the most part, and it's like one big convention every day. Um, and, it, yeah, and it's really true. big positive. Uh, it's been a real big positive thing to help get through a lot of this garbage this year. Yeah, that is true. That is true. It really gave um, so much confine, no, well, so much comfort to so many people to, and not just, and even I think as you mentioned earlier as well, um, just talking about how the actors are more reachable in terms of interaction-wise um, on social media, mm-hmm. but but even now they are a bit more because. I mean, they stuck at home as well. <laughs> exactly. And of course, they cannot go to conventions. So I think that them putting into the extra effort to actually hang out with us, in a sense, virtually, that's that's always a, you know, just just even if it's just a like of, of for something that we we point out, but it's it's always always just like nice, like hey, I had an interaction with Marina Sirtis, or or exactly. I don't know, with with Brent Spiner, or I don't know, I mean. Patrick Stewart is is really lucky to get something from Patrick Stewart, but (laughs) bless him. (laughs) But it's awesome. It's really awesome. It is. Well, and I remember, you know, I remember the first time that I that I mentioned something, you know, and Anson Mount liked it, or uh, and and, you know, there's there's a there's a little bit of cheekiness, and you know, if you if you at them or tag them, then yeah, you're kind of (laughs) you're kind of fishing just a little, but they still they know they know, and they do it anyway, and they don't have to take that time. Um, you know, that's their time and they've chosen to, to be cool about it. Um, but, but even more so when they, when they stumble on something you said and you didn't, you know, you weren't trying to get their attention and they find you or, you know, recently, um, uh, when Star Trek comes along and follows fans and, you know, it's a little yeah. thing. It means something to us. It really does. Um, and I think the, I think the actors get that and also, you know, for, for better or worse, uh, uh, however you want to see it, Twitter and and the and the ones who choose to participate on Twitter have it has allowed us to see them more so than ever. I think this year as human beings, they're they're they they play these people these these you know extraordinary humans or or characters on this extraordinary show far set in the future where everything's maybe a little bit better for the most part, but. You know, to be reminded that, yeah, no, they're actually just human beings that live on Earth and feel and think and have to put up with the same everything that the rest of us do. And that this, you know, maybe, quote unquote, they're a celebrity or they make a little bit more money than you or I do for what it is that they do. Um, But nobody's having it easy. Um, It's some people have it easier, but it's nobody's having it easy right now for the sake of of having been locked in for seven Mm -hmm. months. Um, You know, and so 
to, to, to have them um, take the time to, to interact with us is really nice. And then every now and then, you know, uh, one will come along and, and you, you find out you've been followed by Jerry O'Connell or John Ailes. Uh, and, you know, it just kind of changes. You're like, wow. So there's a, you know, there's a, there's just a Trek actor out there who, you know, whether or not they ever like or see or care about anything I do, they went ahead and followed me anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that always that always gives gives a bit of a chill, yeah, and a good yeah. feeling. Just like yo, like yeah, someone someone think I'm worthy to follow. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're like, what the heck? Like Captain Picard followed me. <laughs> oh man, no. I would die. I would die. <laughs> yeah, I have like, had some um, really good interactions with it, with uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Pat Stew's son, Daniel Stewart, is a uh, really really good gentleman on twitter he's a lot of he's a lot of fun to follow um especially when his football club is doing well (laughs) bless them all right i think we have arrived to a um very interesting part of the show um which i'm sure you're aware of um if Mm -hmm. no one's aware of this segment of the show then and then probably they have never listened to it, which I I will never, <laughs> I will never say a bad thing about that. Obviously, it's not everyone's cup of tea or or Ractagino for for speaking in in house language. Um, do your shat. So that's the Captain Kirk impression game. Um, I don't have any line prepared. Feel free to go with anything. Whenever Here, you're ready. As I understand it, you want me to do my William Shatner impersonation for your podcast. And do your best, Shat. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. No, that's awesome. It's it's a bit it's a bit of a goofy goofy thing, but I, I thought it's know. the badge of honor for having been on Warm Blanket. I think. <laughs> well, thank you, and I'm 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 honestly I'm, I'm glad that my little show uh, does make people smile every now and then. So that's that that's well, good. I, I love listening to it. I absolutely do. <laughs> thank you. Well. Uh, Bad choices and bourbon. Mm-hmm. How this? How did that came came along? How did that uh, <laughs> formed into what it is? And and what is it? What is bad choices and bourbon? Me well, as a guest, uh... I've been there. I know a little bit about it, but my audience probably have not heard of it, have, or have if they heard. heard of it, but I'm not sure. So. Well, it's uh, it's available uh, on all your on all your podcast catchers of choice. Just search for "Bad Choices in Bourbon." Um, uh, it is a weekly uh, podcast where I get to speak with someone, um, much like yourself or anyone else uh, I, I come across on Twitter who says yes, uh, and I invite them onto the show to just basically have a conversation like you and I have, but more about. Um, the the person's personal journey whatever they're willing to share uh, and just have a good time getting to know somebody uh, especially through all this now it it spawned as an idea oh the 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 uh, establishment stamp on the on the album cover says 2016 so it's been brewing for a bit and the idea was then was a little different than it is now or what it became to be mm-hmm. and that's reflected in the name um and the name itself <laughs> i got it backwards it's it's supposed to be bourbon and bad choices uh but it's a it's a line from the movie um, london has fallen and uh with gerard butler 
and the his the president character asks him he plays a secret service agent and the president character asks him uh what is it that he's made of and he replies bourbon and bad choices and um but i couldn't remember it that way so i made my podcast bad choices and bourbon um and uh i liked the name enough to keep it even though kind of the the tone of the show changed by the time it came into being earlier this year um and we're uh about to um finish scheduling for the last few episodes of this year and i'm super mm-hmm. excited it's been it's been a real big blast um i've had fantastic folks such as yourself uh, and i've reached out to a couple of people quote unquote heroes um who you know said yes and uh, surprisingly nice and just nice to have you know maybe that maybe they're not well known to everyone but they were well known to me and it was nice of them to take their time to uh be a part of the show you know i think you can appreciate that with guests like having robert ricardo and alice Creech on the show um you know when some anyone who takes their time to be a part of what you're trying to do um you're very grateful for that yeah and i know i i, I always i always say that and I, I even know that you know that those episodes are standing out stand out stand out episodes in 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 my journey but i always i always think and i always believe that every single person who who shared the time with me in in this podcast is a special person to me mm-hmm. and um i'm whether it's called robert picardo or or dan decker i'm i'm <laughs> i'm just as just as feeling just as special um with this so i'm i'm, I'm really chuffed that it's 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 a really good um it's a really good feeling to have um have this and this interaction with people that's i think that's a very important um mm-hmm. thing not just in the year of hell <laughs> when the <laughs> sure. mission is upon us but <laughs> um but yeah in in general generally speaking as well so we talked a lot and we kind of established that you're a big star trek fan am i am i right about that <laughs> oh absolutely yeah absolutely. <laughs> so i'm just wondering if you could choose one person from from Star Trek, who you would swap places with for a day, who would that mm-hmm. be? Oh wow, um, <laughs> boy! You know, I have my 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 biggest hero in Star Trek though is Benjamin Sisko, but I don't think that I could I don't think I could step into that uniform for a day uh, and manage it. Um, I you know I'd have to say. <laughs> Given the day, I hope it's a good day, but I'd like to probably be Chief O'Brien. Oh, there's, there's no good day in Chief O'Brien's day. <laughs> Every day is a day of suffering for Chief yeah. O'Brien. But uh, you know, he's such a he's such a uh, he's he's just a good man. You know, mm-hmm. O'Brien is just he is he is just a good man, and um, you you can you he's a tangibly good man. He's not. He's not the emissary. He's not Captain Picard. He's just there to do a good job, and he loves the job that he does. And he loves his family, uh, and he loves his kids, and he wants the best for his friends, and he just goes to work and tries to make what it is that he's doing better for everybody. And I think that's, you know, I think that's something that, that's why he's the most important person in Starfleet history. Uh, it's because he, <laughs> he, he, you know, he's just a good dude. He's just every man and i think that's why he resonates with so many fans um too is that you really can kind of feel yourself out of all the characters you can be chief o'brien you know (laughs) that's true that's very true so i wonder when someone shots from the very far star trek what is the first thing that comes to your mind 
when they what was the question when someone shouts star trek from the very far like you're in the grocery uh, store shopping for vegetables or for what have you and someone from the from the far says like star trek like you uh, turn around first thing, yeah. what is the first thing that Pops. comes to your mind it's gonna probably, um, it's gonna probably instantly be uh, something from the next generation. Uh, probably that, probably that very, very good shot of the Enterprise uh, D rising up, you know, in like the establishing shot. Um, uh, that that just uh, that's such a, a nostalgic lock for me. Um, you know, now um, <clears throat> if I'm given a critical consideration, it's gonna be. <laughs> refit reveal in the motion picture but if, if someone just outright says star trek i'm probably probably conjuring up that image of the enterprise d mm -hmm. yeah no that's awesome so i think there's only one question left and that's basically what uh, what is the ultimate question um at least for this podcast and um everyone has a different answer for this and that's that's uh, one of the beauty of this question and for this notion that I I think is it's basically conjures it up for um, for for one simple thing. What is your warm blanket when it comes to Star Trek? What does what does Star Trek means to you? It is become my warm blanket because it is with the establishment of what we have. It is something that I know when I have a particular feeling that I can go and pull up an episode, uh, you know, if I can't remember specifically the name, I can remember enough about it that, that Google can point me in the right direction and I can go and, and embrace a particular feeling. Um, you know, if I want to laugh, I can go to fistful of datas or a piece of the action or mm -hmm. live fast and prosper or trials and tribulations and have a good time. You know, if I want to be sad, um, or if I want to, if I want to feel out the sadness, you know, I can go watch something like, um, far, you know, uh, far beyond the stars or, um, family or just any one of those. And so I think that's where it isn't, like you said, it isn't one specific answer is that by now star Trek has so much to offer that when I need a particular kind of feeling, I can go and I can go and pick that blanket right it's not just one blanket anymore it's it's a blanket of, of all the different threads and now we have um we have you know pure humor well and it's not just pure humor but it, it's delivered through comedy with lower decks um but you know you have a whole new way to embrace star trek that way too uh, and so for me yeah it's just i have this familiarity with it now to the point that you know i i know that trek can help me can feel something with me like a good friend you know mm. um just understand your feeling because you can go to that particular episode or set of episodes and and make yourself you know make yourself feel comfortable with them mm. yeah i i agree and that's that's just a beautiful way to put it put it down when it thank comes you. to star trek Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing with me, and, and thank you very much for um, for this wonderful conversation. Before we go any further, and by the way, any further before we um, before we bring our discussion to the end, um, what um, is there anything that you would like to promote to my audience? Is there anything that you you you're doing with your podcast or with? Um, and I forgot to say that you're also the co-host of the uh, Two to Tanagra podcast as well with Treklet. So. 
is there anything to is there anything to promote um no just uh just follow me on twitter at uh at dan decker uh d-a-n-d-e-c-k-r and that is where you can keep up with everything that's going on um we will be doing uh more you know let's talk about uh star trek themes uh as things go on with the live streams over there Mm -hmm. and then um for my own podcast every so often i do throw out a live stream with the guests so uh that's all announced and then just recently picked up with a group of our trek friends on twitter to uh play a game of dungeons and dragons uh so we're doing d and ds9 uh <laughs> for that and um we're we're getting our we're getting our feet under us we're making sure that everybody's comfortable with the way the game works uh, and once we've got once we've got a few things under our belts we hopefully going to put that out as a show just for all of our friends to watch us <laughs> goof off and play pretend to play uh video, you know put, pretend to play uh, characters in dungeons and dragons so that's what we've got going on right now that's awesome certainly quite a few things to to look forward to mm-hmm. so dan thank you very much for um for accepting the invitation and being on the show it was an absolute honor to talk to you and getting to know you a bit more and your um, fandom and your um, your love towards star trek which is what this podcast about so i'm i'm, I'm really honestly I'm, i'm i'm happy that you spared your time with me and with my audience and uh, for the audience again thank you very much as well to tuning in and listening to yet another episode of the warm blanket podcast and until next time live long and prosper and that was it for this episode i really hope that you enjoyed it and rest assured new episodes will be coming out every week where we sit down with a trekkie to find out what makes us feel good about star trek and to discover what is our warm blanket made of If you really enjoy listening to this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. It would really mean a lot to me. To find out more about this audio adventure, please visit trekaprize.com forward slash podcast where you can also listen to the previous episodes. Thank you again for listening to yet another episode of the Warm Blanket Podcast and I'll see you in the next episode. Live long and prosper. <laughs>